Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Philosopher's Stone Podcast. How you how how you how how you all doing? How's it going, Sam? Uh, it's going pretty good. Made some pizza. Ate some pizza. Oh. Enjoyed the pizza. Handmade. I made the dough from scratch. I made the sauce. Made it and enjoyed it. Yeah. It was good too. It came out really well. You made the dough from scratch, eh? Made the dough from scratch. You have one of those rocks you can put in your oven for it to be <laughs> extra dope. You know, those like flat Yeah, I did rocks. I tried yeah. Yeah, I tried just grabbing a ordinary rock from the garden and sort of like draping the dough over it and that did not work out very well. <laughs> uh, actually, uh that sounds like it would be pretty good, actually. <laughs> a little half half dome pizza. Half dome pizza. No, I just did it on an uh, ordinary baking sheet, but uh turned out fantastic, I have to say. Turned out? Oh, man, here's what you do. You make your dough. Do you allow dips when you when you have your personally made pizza? Or are you one of those pretentious people that say, you can't dip good pizza, <laughs> okay? Real pizza doesn't need dipping sauce. Are you one of those? Are you one of those? Fucking one of those, I mean, I, I, I don't usually go for dips, but I would not... I would not restrict other people's freedom to choose the dips of their choice to eat the pizza in their own way. I would not. Hell yeah, brother. That's what this country is all about. Yeah, freedom of choice. Yeah. But listen to these toppings, right? This is, this is what I did. Okay. For the sauce. Yeah. The trick to pizza sauce is do not cook the pizza sauce. Beforehand, you mean? Don't cook it beforehand. All you need is crushed tomatoes and oregano. That's pizza sauce. That's it. That's it. That's all you put on the dough. And this is coming from a Italian Jew. Is that what you are? <laughs> well, here's the, here's the logic, right? It's got nothing to do with with Jewry. Okay, Jewry. <laughs> the Jewry. This is nothing to do with Jewry. Okay. This is the the point is right when you put the pizza into the oven, the sauce will cook in the oven. Yeah. So you don't need to cook it beforehand. If you cook it beforehand, you're double cooking it. Well, yeah. I honestly didn't even know that people did cook it beforehand. Yeah. It's a waste of time. Marinara sauce. Yeah. Marinara, you cook. You cook. Yeah. God, there's, is there anything better than like the first cheese stick, bread cheese stick dipped in hot marinara? Is there anything better than that? It's better than the whole pizza, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Domino's cheesy bread is pretty fucking amazing. We've got, uh, I think we talked about this last time, but we only order from one place now and it's so good. And I think one of the things that makes, separates some really good pizza from a bad pizza is the order that the toppings are put on there. Interesting. Because this place puts all the toppings on and then they put a thick layer of cheese on top of everything to like hold it in there. Interesting. I like that actually. Yeah. So it's like you get a ton of cheese with every bite. And they, they have this one Hawaiian pizza where they put full strips of, they don't even cut the bacon, full strips of bacon across the whole pizza. Oh my God. Oh, it's real good. Yeah. I think you can't put on a ton of cheese if you're putting the cheese right onto the sauce. Yeah. Because I think that like maybe stops the dough from crisping. Well, whatever it is, I think most places I order from that do cheese on top of everything is a better tasting pizza. And it's held, mm. it holds together better. That's true. Got toppings flying all over the place. Taking someone's eye out with banana pepper. <laughs> Got the cheese holding it down. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I might try that next time. That's my opinion. Listen, listen to these topics, though. This is this is what I did. I, I made caramelized onions. Oh shit! Right, it took like took like two hours to caramelize these onions. Yeah, and then uh, mozzarella, low moisture mozzarella. Nice. Goat cheese, sprinkled. Sprinkled. Chorizo sausage, basil. Damn. Damn, there you go. that's it, eh? That's good, though. That's a good combo. Yeah. It was, oh, man, it was good. You know, it's nice to have a little... People shit on ham and pineapple, but really what they're doing is they're adding that sweet element. I've been putting honey on all of my stuff now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Hannah's obsessed with honey on pizza. Honey on pizza. Honey on pizza. I put it on my quesadilla the other day. <laughs> like, put it in there before you close it up. Oh, You just need, you need the balance. That's what I'm realizing as an adult. As now an adult man, I know that flavor is about achieving balance. <laughs> so if it's too salty, you need some sweet. If it's too sweet, you need some salty. If it's too bitter, you need some sour and vice versa. Are bitter and sour, are they like the sweet and salty? Bitter and sour? I never even thought of that. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I think so. What's the opposite of spicy? Mm-hmm. Num- numbing? Uh, Numb? I don't know. <laughs> Ice cream? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I have no ice cream, I guess. <laughs> Getting a local anesthetic at the dentist. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll eat the spiciest wings, but I do need a shot of Novocaine first, and then I can handle it. So how was... I want to ask you about you, because you rented this uh, Logan Paul versus Mayweather boxing match, didn't you? I, I Well, I bought it way back in like January when it was $25. So mm-hmm. I feel like I, I paid what yeah. I still paid more than it was worth, but at least I didn't pay like 50 bucks. Yeah. So what, what was it entertaining enough to be worth that money? Or like, was there ever a moment where you thought it could go either way? Or, or tell me more about it. Okay. Well, like taking the event as a whole, I would say the first, the first fight was pretty entertaining. It was like this ex NFL player fighting this, uh, bare knuckle boxer, I guess, but they were both in boxing gloves. That was pretty entertaining. Uh huh. They just went like, uh, they just went wild on each other. Like, berserk. they just went berserk. Yeah. They just threw technique, all their training to left immediately, and they're just street fighting with gloves on. That's nice. Pretty much. Yeah. That's pretty much what happened. It was pretty awesome. Another stabbing right downtown Kelowna this weekend, right downtown, right on the main boardwalk. That's where we're at in this city. That happens every every summer. In the hard knock city of Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. Man, it, you can't have summer in Kelowna without some stabbings downtown. Like a couple stabbings, yeah, that's true. But we've been getting them ramped up because we get like a shooting and a stabbing every other week. It looks dude, like dude, people now. are so, are ready to blow. People are ready to blow. I can feel the chaos in the atmosphere. <laughs> If this, if Kelowna keeps it up, I'm going to start feeling justified starting my gangster rap career. Okay, that's all I know. <laughs> so it's in the best interest of Kelowna to get his shit together, or else you will be hearing Jordan G. Strauss. Yeah, Jordan James G. 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 Strauss. Yeah. And yeah, so Logan Floyd. Um, I was really disappointed because I really, really wanted to see Logan Paul at least get like knocked down or or something. That didn't happen at all. It was yeah. I mean, that's what everybody that's what everybody is hoping for, but he doesn't want to actually happen. So I think there was a little conversation behind closed doors saying, "Don't knock me out, but you can obviously win." <laughs> as long as Logan didn't get knocked out, he saved enough face to not have to like be a laughing stock. But there's no way he was going to win. I'm sure they worked that out behind closed doors beforehand. Mm. 
I think that Mayweather could have knocked him out if he really wanted to. Yeah, it seemed like it. Like towards the end, like towards the end of the fight, Logan Paul was very tired. Like the last couple, like rounds, rounds like six and seven, he was really tired. And I felt like yeah, Floyd probably could could get him, and but he didn't. And yeah, maybe maybe they did secretly make a deal because it was like just an exhibition bout. Yeah, but um, if you if you, the fact that he went the distance and didn't take serious damage is like. That's a win for Logan Paul, as much as it hurts to say. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. As long as they agree that there, no one's knocking out anyone, he's going to end up looking like the one who, you know, was the more, I guess, the winner of the day because he's facing someone that should beat him easily and he didn't get knocked out. So that's a win. Even though when I, I saw like a quick highlight reel and like, man, Logan Paul is so much bigger than Floyd Mayweather. It was ridiculous. It was like a circus show. It was yeah. like, what the fuck? You know what it looked like? It, I saw some clips and it looked like like an older brother trying to beat up his younger brother, but his younger brother's just got way more confidence than him and just makes him look like <laughs> an idiot. <laughs> just knows how to get him mad. Yeah. Some of the clips I saw, Logan Paul literally was like just flailing. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of technique to it. And I don't think he could have hurt Floyd Mayweather even with a clean shot. So I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there, if the fix was in a little bit on this one. Yeah, I think I think all these big uh, celebrity matchups are going to have some sort of fix to them. Mm, that's interesting. Like maybe not the Ben Askren. I almost wouldn't put it past Ben Askren to throw that fight and to let himself <laughs> get knocked out for this amount of money that was on the table. Yeah, yeah. What about um? Do you think Tyron Woodley will throw the fight with Jake Paul? I mean, I would love to say no. There's no way he would. But UFC doesn't pay their fighters very yeah, well. So maybe if that's, a, <laughs> if that's the one stipulation and they don't have to fight anymore because they throw one fight to a, a moron YouTuber, <laughs> then maybe that's the way to go. Yeah, I mean, that's there's so much money. Like He's probably going to make more money doing this than he's ever made in his whole career, which is really sad. <laughs> I would be very suspicious if someone like Woodley could not or did not finish Jake Paul easily. I don't care that it's not MMA. Tyron Woodley has so much experience in a fisticuff situation in a real-life MMA fight that it doesn't make any sense for him to not win that. But I know you say that's what Ben Askren was, but Ben Askren, I mean... He doesn't have any striking. Yeah. He's never had any striking. Tyron Woodley at least has some striking. He's won a bunch of fights from knockout, so I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'll definitely watch that one too. Look. <laughs> You're part of the problem, Sam. I know I am. I, I keep buying this <laughs> shit. I can't take can't take my eyes off it. It's just uh, I just love watching people like put their entire reputation on the line <laughs> and then just have it totally shattered. Find something really interesting about that. Yeah, I don't know. It's mesmerizing. It is pretty funny. <laughs> like you're you're willing to do this for money, like. You're putting your whole career, your reputation, everything. You're risking it all. Yeah. I, I have to tune in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that I'll just know what happened the very next day. It's not like we're gonna, I'm going to miss some amazing display of skill and technique. No, 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 no. It's, it's way more just about, it's not about like, I'm not expecting skill and technique. Like uh, if I want skill and technique, you can find that in lots of different Lots of different places. Definitely not this. This is more about yeah, like, like real boxing matchups. Yeah, exactly. This is more about like uh, novelty. It's more like watching. It's like a fail video. It's like I'm I'm gonna I'm watching someone take a huge L. Yeah, it's just a spectacle. Maybe it's not good. I don't know. Shape. Yeah, maybe it's not good for me to 
take pleasure from someone else's downfall so much. But they walk into it willingly. Like I know. I, yeah. I, it must be the money. The money's just so good they can't say no. Other exciting news taking place last night. Um, no, I know people might uh, might find this hard to believe, but uh, Ishmael's Tip Milk recorded a, a new live album. Oh my god! With a real life drummer last night. Holy shit! For the first time in years. Yeah. Wow. That makes it. Let me tell you, it was bananas. <laughs> I would have paid a pay per view to see that. Oh my god! That's what we should do. Sell live recording sessions of Ishmael Tip Milk on pay per view. See how many people pay for it, dude. I would, uh, I would pay. When, uh, when's it coming out? When's the album dropping? When are you going to drop that? I don't know. It should be in the next couple of days. You know, there's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of post editing and these type of things when you record a whole album on a cell phone. One take. Have they ever done a song or anything called spilled milk or anything like that? Spilled milk. Mm, no, I don't think so. Don't cry over I could look through their extensive library work. Every, everything is, what, what's that song? Um, Everything sucks and everything is fucked. That's my favorite fucked. song of Every- all time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything sucks and everything's fucked. That's good. Time time is a rapist is another good one. If you really want to get cerebral with it. Whenever something bad happens in my life, I immediately think everything sucks and everything is fucked. And I just sing that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything sucks. And everything one of my all time favorites from them is their their origin story uh called um my name is Ishmael, and you get to learn oh, about the history of how the band began, and that's a lot of real, real atmospheric work going on in that one that I really thought was good. Yeah, it's a good one. It brings you into the story. You're, you don't even have to use your imagination; you're just transported right away. Real geniuses. Speaking of geniuses, did you this? Did you watch um, Bo Burnham's new special? Uh, I've seen uh, about the first, I think I watched the first 30, 32 minutes, and then I, I was kind of yeah. worn out, and I had to take a break, but uh, I was yeah. very impressed. It is a lot, it's a marathon, because it's the same room the entire time, yeah. so you, your your eyes don't get a real break from the scenery, despite, I mean, besides what he tries to do to alter it, but very... Uh, Something about his specials will just leave me feeling empty inside. I, all I can think when I'm watching it is like, how the fuck has this guy not killed himself already? Like, <laughs> the most yeah. over, like... He is clearly incredibly depressed. Yeah, he's just like in that... He can't... Uh, he overanalyzes everything. Um, yeah. Nothing is has any genuine worth to it. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Like, he can't help but overthink every little aspect of life. Yeah, he can't... Uh, Nothing any nothing ever has any intrinsic value. It's all just he just overthinks it and analyzes it into oblivion. Well, that's what all of his specials have had that lingering in the background, even the earlier ones, but it's just become like the main thing now. And it like it was amazing. It was an amazing special, the amount of work and like how it looked and all the different like environments he could create in that one little room. Yeah. But the second half is certainly a lot more depressing than the first half. I'll, I'll okay. warn you about that. They, he has some, he has some music that really is like, if you listen to the lyrics, it is some depressing shit. Mm. And I, I honestly am like, we should get eyes on this guy. Like he needs twenty four hour security <laughs> on about to protect him from himself. Yeah. Well, he he does this. Uh, it's like this uh, sort of fractal thing where he. It's like when you're on uh, like a bad trip, yeah, and 
you it's like you're having an out of body experience in your own head and you're like thinking you're thinking and then you think wow i'm so stupid for thinking this and then you think wow i'm so stupid for thinking that i'm thinking that i'm stupid that i'm thinking this and you just keep yeah like i don't know how to describe it but he has a bit in that special where that happens yeah that where he's like recording himself and then it loops where he's reviewing doing a reaction video to his reaction yeah song. yeah it's yeah. like yeah that's what it yeah. is it's like it's like you're you're constantly reacting to your own thoughts and you can't escape your own reactions to yourself. I think that's how he gets that's how he spirals out so all the time. Is he just keeps thinking of why he's thinking of things and it always leads to some dumb thing that's not like that is depressing. Exactly. To him. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, he keeps making these good songs, so I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, it's all good art, yeah. but it doesn't seem to be like <laughs> helping him. No. Doesn't help me much either. I feel worse. <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't feel good after watching the specials. I feel impressed. That's what I feel. Yeah. And I feel like, damn, there was some very catchy music in there and some very clever, clever lines and good ideas. But also, at the end of the day, it's all for naught. Yeah, he's not helping anybody. He's not helping himself. <laughs> he's just being a shit. He's being a yeah. depressed shit singing songs. And uh, he's not contributing to anything. And God damn it! If it isn't, it's just very uh, it's enticing to watch. It is, yeah. But he's he's not adding joy to the world. I'm sorry, he's not adding any joy. And maybe he doesn't have to add joy. Maybe mm. he's, he wants to add pain. Whatever, that's up to him, I guess. But I mean, he does add joy to my life until the ends of the specials. Usually, that's when they take a nosedive into depressant town. Yeah, so, uh, some of it was funny. Like White Woman's Instagram was funny. There, there, there is. I really liked sexting. That was that one was funny. a good yeah. one. Yeah. He's got, yeah, there's some good ones. Yeah, but even though even the good ones are like, uh, they're they're never like fulfilling or anything or affirming. But it maybe it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be that. Does comedy have to make you feel good? Uh, <laughs> that's a question for another episode. Yeah, I don't know. Well, well, why do we have to have all these standards and norms? Why can't we just do whatever the fuck we want? We should be able to. I don't like. I don't necessarily want comedy to be anything but funny in that moment. I don't need any messages with it to be satisfied or fulfilled. Mm. I don't need. I prefer leaving a comedy special not thinking at all. Damn. <laughs> Interesting. But every time I watch one of his specials, I like have to. I have like an existential crisis in my bedroom later. <laughs> yeah, it's like a. It is sort of like a shroom trip, a bad one. Yeah, but you can turn it off. That's nice. But anyway, anarchy. I, I don't have a segue this week. I don't have one. Is that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> anyway, anarchy. Here we go. Hit me. Yeah, so last week we talked about Thomas Hobbes, who was all about absolute, the state should have absolute, supreme, unchallenged, unlimited authority. Yeah. And so this week we're going to go to the complete opposite end of the spectrum, and we're going to look at philosophical anarchism, or anarchy. Ooh. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck the society. Fuck the police. And fuck your mom, <laughs> brah. That's pretty much that's anarchy, anarchy, right? Pretty much. Um, our, well, okay. It'll, we'll go into more detail. But our source, as always, Stanford.Plato, Encyclopedia of Philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. They should sponsor our podcast. They should, eh? We are like their official podcast, pretty much. <laughs> I don't think they want to be associated with us. <laughs> Um, anyway, this article written by Andrew Fiala of the California State University, Fresno. 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 
So yeah, I th- I thought what well, a good way to approach this is we'll first consider the common objections to anarchism because I think people tend to have a preconceived notion of what anarchy means. And so we'll go through these objections first. No, man, I told you what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like Jordan said, anarchism, one common objection to anarchism is that anarchy is violence, chaos, a nihilistic free-for-all. It's not good. The only rule is fuck all rules. Yeah, it's the purge. Yeah. Yeah. 24-7 forever purge. Yeah. So this objection is, uh, it, it, it might be true about some kinds of anarchism, but there are some kinds of anarchy that the reason that they deny the authority of the state is because they think the state is bad for human flourishing. And that only by removing the state and living without any sort of authority over us that humans can flourish and that there will be peace when we eliminate states. War, crime, poverty, starvation, slavery, and oppression are all products of state power. And only by overthrowing the state can humans enjoy freedom, equality, and autonomy. I mean, if humans weren't such dirtbags, I might agree with that. That's a great point, and uh, we're going to circle back to that one. Okay. We're going to circle Sounds back to that Sounds nice. One. I, I would love <laughs> to believe that to be true, but I don't have to live a, a very long life to understand that that's not going to happen with humans. Yeah. Unbridled, do what you want. Everybody's going to choose to be good. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, bud. <laughs> You know what? Yeah, this is based. This is pretty much what uh, Thomas Hobbes said. He said that like if you're in anarchy, it's going to be so shitty, and rational people are going to recognize that the only way out of this shithole is to submit to state authority. Yeah, it won't take long before ever, they're like, you know what we need like to facilitate our anarchy is like some group of people that are like kind of like can make some rules that we should all follow, and then just end up like forming a government. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's basically it. That's exactly it. Um, there's a philosopher named Robert Nozick, and he said the same thing. If you're in anarchy, naturally what you're going to do is you're going to purchase security and protection from so-called watchmen, and then over time the watchmen will gradually just become the state. And so anarchy will always just devolve. That's what the movie Watchmen's about, right? Um, sort Maybe sort of in a way, yeah. Um, Watchmen, Watchmen is, yeah, it's about like, well, like the theme is like, who watches the Watchmen? But that is a theme of all, like V for Vendetta is by the same author, and that's all about anarchy. Yeah. Which we'll get back to. We'll get back to V for Vendetta. That's an excellent film. That's why people that claim to want anarchy use that guy, Guy. His name yeah, guy well, Fieri. Yeah. <laughs> guy Fieri. Guy Fieri's mask. <laughs> <laughs> now there's, there's a movement I can get behind. Everybody wears that wig. <laughs> just spiked a, a big spiky yellow wig with a, a with a with a shirt that has blue flames on it and buttons up. Oh uh, and he's trying to like blow up a salad factory or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to incite an E. coli outbreak at the lettuce factory. <laughs> <laughs> the guy Fury mask. Oh my god. Um well, that's like uh, Viva Vendetta's whole is a response to that idea that like um, you can't have anarchy because people are so are so bad and, and shitty. And that's like what the guy, what V, like what's he's saying is that like if you want anarchy, you you can't just be free from state oppression. 
you also have to be free from the internal things that are going to cause you to fuck up, like your desires for like wealth and happiness and greed. Yeah. Anytime you require the entire population of the world to get enlightened at the same time for something to work, you might as well not even try. That's what I think. Yeah. So like in V for Vendetta, if you remember the story, he, he captures, I don't know if they do in the movie, but in the graphic novel, he captures Natalie Portman and he like imprisons her for like 13 weeks or something and like tortures her. Yeah. Because he wants her to like realize that happiness is like an illusion and to become a real human being, you have to like just study and improve yourself. Right. And not be selfish at all. Like have no self. It's this whole idea of like denying your selfish desires. Isn't that kind of like the Stoics? Yeah. Yeah. Similar to, yeah. Like the Stoics, the uh, Epicureans, they were like, maybe not the Stoics, but the Epicureans were definitely sort of like, uh, sort of like anarchists in that they tried to live apart from society and not not care about like politics or authority or anything like that. Just live in their little commune. When I think of anarchists, I think of all the kids in my Facebook that were wearing cargo pants uh, and have a bunch of patches on their jean jackets and they own more switchblades than anyone should own. <laughs> um, that's anarchists according to my Facebook feed. Okay, right, yeah. So that's... Um... They're like 30 years old, but they always have firecrackers on them. <laughs> yeah. That's just, yeah. That's that's a creepy. That's creepy. That's <laughs> yeah. like a, that's like a weird creepy magician thing impressing kids. I don't know. <laughs> creepy. I know everybody had one of these kids in their high school, and they're they're still harping on the same shit. Yeah. Well, okay. So that that is that is you are describing a kind of anarchy, like giving, like uh, like in the sixties, you'd have these groups like the Brotherhood of Love in California, and they would just give out LSD to people at concerts, like. They'd show up at the concert with like a hundred thousand tabs of LSD and just throw them into the crowd. Like, um, so that that form of anarchy is based on this idea that when you're in a group, you take on the group identity. Right. So what does that mean? It means you are now an organ of the group. The group's interests are your interests. The group's norms are your norms. So, like for example, you uh, become like a member of like. Uh, I don't know, any group, like you're in your school, right? You have to go along with the school's policies. You have to wear the school's dress code, all these things. And your own personal identity will conflict with your group identity. Like you may have interests that conflict with your group interests. Yeah. Like you may want to smoke weed at school. Yeah. But the school's like, no, you're not allowed to do that. Fuck. And so when that conflict happens, right, then it's like, okay, what do I decide? Do I go with my own personal identity? Always, every time. Or do I go with this group? Yeah, so you can just, so the good thing about that is like you can kind of just leave the group. Yeah. But you can't do that with government, with the state, because it's a super group. You become part of the state just by being born. And like, yeah, maybe you could go out and live in the woods, but technically that's illegal and they'll arrest you and put you in jail. So is living in the woods illegal? Someone's going to arrest you for living in the woods? That doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, it depends if you're on private property or not. But like you could just go live in the woods, but it's, it's, it's really hard. I mean, maybe for you, <laughs> I have six switchblades and 18 packs of firecrackers. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I fit them all in, my, in the pockets on the sides of my legs. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But so like, so like uh, you can't just opt out of the state. Like maybe Jeff Bezos would love to just like be able to nuke his competitors and then just kill them. 
but he can't do that because it's illegal. Yeah. He's forced to conform to the norms of society. I mean, he probably does a lot of other things that are illegal, just white-collar crimes. Yeah, just hidden. Yeah. But that's all, like, whenever you're breaking norms and stuff like that, like, in a sense, that is kind of like an anarchist action because you're saying that the group shouldn't have authority over you, the individual. So that's, like, individualistic anarchism. The individual is the supreme thing. Right. So that's how you get anarcho-capitalists. Anarcho-capitalists? Anarcho-capitalists, yeah. So that's like, there's no laws, there's no government. You can do whatever you want, but there is money in business. There's money in businesses that are like free from any sort of governmental regulation whatsoever. Just do whatever they want. Oh, yeah. Private armies, McNukes. This seems like a one-way trip to global warming being sped up about a thousand times. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you just let the corporations do what they want to make money. You're going to have horrible atrocities taking place. Even worse than they already are in real life. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. It seems pretty hard to, uh, to defend. Um, but it's really, at the end of the day, all, a lot of this stuff is based on your view of human nature, about whether humans are, are naturally tend to be selfish or naturally tend towards community. If you think humans naturally tend to be like selfish and cowardly, then anarchy is not a good idea. But if you think humans naturally tend to want to form sort of communities among equals and share, share things, then anarchy looks a lot more promising. I think that after a, group makes, after a group reaches a certain size, it stops being welcoming and starts being selfish. Like, like a small tribe mm. would... Like it might be up to like 50 people maybe you could manage being not selfish and like accepting it. But after a while, you know, one tribe's going to run into another tribe and they're not just going to intermingle without any conflict because they're all going to have their ways that they do shit. Yeah, and I think like anarchy is probably not going to support like an idea of like a huge group of people all living together in one unified group. Well, sounds like it's perfectly suited for humanity then. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the weird, like most, most anarchist things that happen are like these small separatist communities or communes that people set up. And there have been lots of them throughout history where the groups of people say like, okay, we, we're done with, with living in society. We're going to go out and set up our, set up our commune. Yeah. And a lot of them are, some of them are successful mm-hmm. in Israel. They have these things called kibbutzes that are pretty, pretty successful. Kibbutzes, but do they rely on a religious guidance to be successful? Uh, no, not not kibbutzes. I don't think. I think kibbutzes are just like a more like a communist thing, really. Huh? They're like small scale communism, I think, and they work pretty well. But that's the problem: is like um, once you get to the larger scale, yeah, anarchy gets harder to harder to do. And essentially, once one commune runs into another commune, because people aren't just going to stay in one spot. Yeah. It's true. And that, that's a good question. Like real anarchism is like what they had back when we were just tribes roaming the earth. <laughs> um, maybe it's possible, but like again, like anarchy, you can't have you can't have anyone in authority in a real anarchist group or society. Like you can't have like a chief or something. But that just happens that just happens naturally in a group, whether or not it's official or not, either. Like no one's gonna you get a group of 50 pre- people together, eventually someone is going to emerge as the natural leader, even if they're not 
like voted in or anything. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that that's you can like some authority can be justified, just not like uh, it can't be authority to the point of like a a state, right? That's like making laws and telling people what to do with the authority to coerce people to follow those laws and stuff like that. But honestly, like anarchy, like if you're going to be living in a community, you're going to have to have, like people are going to have to be on the same page. And that's the thing with anarchy is it doesn't just mean chaos. It means people living together with the goal of increasing their freedom and autonomy. I think that they would do well for a name change, you know? I think that this, <laughs> I think they need to like stop using the word anarchy because that thing's been tainted to hell at this point. No one's ever going to take them seriously if they keep that phrase or that word. They need to come up with something a little less frightening. Like I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Flower power. Anarchy. <laughs> Flower power. Yeah. Um, Fluff Fluffergy. 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 <laughs> Kitten paw town. <laughs> well, that's all just a smear. That's just a smear campaign by the in, in military industrial complex against anarchy. Because you can't have war. Right. That's the whole. That's another thing. Is right. If if you have no no governments, no states, then you don't have war. I mean, not on the scale that you have with government and states, but because an anarchist would just say that the state is really just like a gang of bandits. Who just take what they want because you can't resist them. Right. I mean, that's not entirely without merit. And maybe they'll protect you. They might protect you from some other bandits, right? They might protect you from some yeah. other bandits. But at the end of the day, you do what they say if you don't want to get kiboshed. Right. So even if you even if you are in like a world with no like official governments and states, like they would say, like, oh look, that's all like a lot of anarchists are pacifists. That's a big part of anarchism. See, that's not the type of person I meet that claims to be an anarchist. They're not the pacifist type. Gandhi called himself an anarchist, which is weird, but it's true. Well, he was a, he was crazy violent. He was you, you should have seen him with a knife. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gandhi! Gandhi, hell of a knife fighter. Don't get too close. <laughs> yeah, uh, you think he's naked under that? Do you robe? know how many switchblades he can hide <laughs> in those robes? <laughs> How many firecrackers he's got up his ass? <laughs> Man's chaotic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jesus? What do you think? Jesus? Did you say Jesus was an anarchist? Mm. Is anyone that disrupts the norm an anarchist now? No. Is that what, no, 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 what, what no, it's... No. Jesus said that God was the main authority, and then mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the main one that you got to really pay attention to. But he also got to follow the laws of your, of your region. I'm pretty sure Jesus said that. He said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render unto God what is God's. So all Caesar has to do in that story is put his face on everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, like any material possession, Jesus would consider to be something of the earth and not of the kingdom of heaven. For man does not live by bread alone, Mm. but by the word of God. Amen. Wow. He's like, uh, you know, he was like the Bo Burnham of his time, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Couldn't play the lute as good. Not enough songs. I don't know. He never sang and he never laughs. That's a good. Uh, you can look it up. Jesus never laughs. Yeah. And never sings. Not once did Jesus request a song about him. So I don't know why everybody's so hung up on that these days. 
Yeah, good point, hey? Why? Yeah, that's an excellent point. Like, what the fuck is with all the singing? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's with what's the music, with, man? The music, man? <laughs> Turn it down. That's what Jesus says as soon as you get to heaven. He's just like, what the fuck is with you guys and singing songs to me? I really, I don't recall ever requesting Do that. I seem like the kind of guy who wants to dance and listen to music? 33 years I was with you. I didn't pick up the guitar once. What does that tell you? Yeah. Uh, that's a really good point. Yeah, so there are a lot, a lot, of, a lot of Christians have been anarchists um, because uh, they're pacifists. And like basically their reasoning is that the, the goal of anarchism is to achieve freedom and equality and autonomy. And so if you achieve those things through violence, then you're being inconsistent with your goals. Right. And so they advocate for like peaceful resistance, civil disobedience, that sort of thing. Well, in that case, I guess Gandhi fits the bill. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of anarchists think that that's just not going to work. You're, not, you're never going to achieve anarchy by sitting around and not doing anything. Like the state just won't go away. No. That's where the switchblades come That's in. Where, yeah. So, uh, so there's a lot of violent anarchists. Uh, there's one named Emma Goldman. She seems very violent. Emma, she sounds violent. So she advocates uh, sabotage and that these sorts of acts are justified. So here's a quote from her. It is ethical in the best sense since it helps society to get rid of its worst foe, the most detrimental factor of social life. Sabotage is mainly concerned with obstructing by every possible method the regular process of production, thereby demonstrating the determination of the workers to give according to what they receive and no more. So she wants you to like bomb factories and stuff. Yeah. She goes on to say, I believe that anarchism is the only philosophy of peace, the only theory of the social relationship that values human life above everything else. I know that some anarchists have committed acts of violence but it is the terrible economic inequality and great political injustice that prompts up such acts, not anarchism. Every institution today rests on violence. Our very atmosphere is saturated with it. Ooh, saturated. She was writing in 1913. A very atmosphere. Damn. How old was she? No. (laughs) She's writing in 1913. (laughs) Sounds very angsty. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like it. It's, it's interesting. It's a good argument. What, what do you think? So what did the, she do herself? What, 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 besides writing that one sentence, what did she do? Is she lead a group of people? Did she bomb a factory? Did she slap a Happy Meal out of someone's hands? <laughs> okay, uh, I don't know. I don't know what she actually did. That's a good question. She probably just wrote about it would be my guess. Hmm. Maybe she threw a Molotov cocktail once. Who knows? Those are really hard to actually make. I remember trying to make one when I was oh, yeah. a child, and uh, <laughs> they didn't work very well. <laughs> no, they're tricky. You got to, I don't know how that, I think you have to soak it pretty well. Get the whole rag soaked. Yeah, uh, I threw it at a deer. Oh, what a fuck, what a fucking monster. You threw a Molotov cocktail at a deer? Dude, I was 13. Of course I was a monster. All male 13-year-olds are intrinsically monsters. Yeah, I don't want to burn a deer to death. I knew they were sucking. I knew my <laughs> I knew my Molotov cocktails sucked. That's why I was willing uh, okay, to do okay. it. <laughs> That's funny. Could you imagine hunting 
live deer via only Molotov cocktails. <laughs> I mean, it cooks the meat like right away. Like, I guess that's a bonus. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You get it started. Might not taste great though. I don't know. You'd probably just wound it and it would like run away and take days to dive an infection or something. That's probably what would happen. Mm, anarchy. anarchy. <laughs> Tastes good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, so violent anarchy, V for vendetta. Um, so this is, this is basically like, this is the V for vendetta idea. And that's that state of like, basically think about, it starts with this idea that human beings, right? We have, maybe we have, we may have moral obligations because we're rational. We're rational beings. We're autonomous. We can control ourselves if we want to. We can act according to reasons. And so our only moral obligation is to increase our autonomy, increase our rationality, our freedom, and our self-control. Would you agree that that's like a, an obligation of human beings to increase their autonomy, to become more, more rational, more self-controlled, less, less selfish? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I think that you, humans will naturally do that because they realize that that actually makes them happier overall if they can do that. Yeah, like less frustrated, less... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So along comes this philosopher named Robert Wolf. And he argues that if, quote, if all men have a continuing obligation to achieve the highest degree of autonomy possible, then there would appear to be no state whose subjects have a moral obligation to obey its commands. Hence, the concept of a legitimate state would appear to be vacuous. And philosophical anarchism would seem to be the only reasonable political belief for an enlightened man or woman. I mean, that's the last words there are the problem with that is that you're not going to get a big, massive population to become quote unquote enlightened or even most people don't even have any sort of intrinsic thought. I mean, internal, what's the word? Monologue? They they don't look into the, like their behavior and why they do yeah. things very often, if at all. Lots of people. The unexamined life. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not saying that you have a moral obligation to follow the laws of the state, but it's a good idea if you want there to be stability. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if we could reach a point where human beings did understand that they have an obligation to become more autonomous? Um, that is more rational, mm-hmm. less guided by ignorance, laziness, hedonistic impulses, greed, and stuff like that. That if we could get to that state, then anarchy would be the best. Uh, yeah, I'd say that there's, uh, I mean, it, it's like the more enlightened everybody becomes, the less you need a governing body like that, right? Yeah. If you can be your own master, then you don't need a state master. Yeah. I think that humanity is far away from that point still, though. Yeah. Even though, you know, some people are there, but to get it in, you need a certain, you need a tipping point of a certain amount of people. And I think we're like, not like, I don't think it's impossible, but I think we're hundreds of years away from that. And maybe more if society collapses, which looks like it might sometime in the next, I don't know, 100 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's like an interesting thing, right? Because last week, we're looking at Hobbes, and Hobbes is saying anarchy is this horrible condition that rational beings cannot abide and that they have to make a state to get out of it. Right. And now, according to the anarchists, it's actually the opposite. It's the state that is this horrible condition, and only 
rational, enlightened beings can escape and live without the state. Well, look, no one wants to have to follow rules they didn't agree to in the first Amen. place, right? Like, that's not ideal. Amen. But it is necessary when you have a fucking huge population of people and 90%, I mean, not 90, but I'd say at least 50% of people are not quote unquote rational. Well, they are, they are rational. They're rational enough. They're just, they don't, they're not autonomous yet. They don't, they're not sufficiently autonomous, sufficiently rational. Okay. Well, okay, sure. If you want to put a twinkle toes twist on it, (laughs) that's sure. (laughs) Yeah. As long as you can listen to reasons irrational. But I, I mean, you and I both know that if you just let people behave as they will, they will act uh, selfishly more often than not. Yeah. Well, see, I, I had this idea, right? Like, it's, it's true what we said. Like, you, you don't have a choice about being born into the state, the state authority. Right? You don't have a choice. You're just born into it and you're just forced to follow these laws. Yeah. It would make sense, in my opinion, it would make sense for there to be a place that you can go in the world, like a national park, like a big national park or something, where the state is like, look, you can go in here and there's no laws in here and you're on your own. And once you go in, you're, you're just, you're on your own. You can't come out, but you're free to go in there if yeah. you want to. Wait, you can't come out? No, no, no. Once you go in, you've made your choice. You can't come out. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. That's where they lost me. <laughs> Would you go in? No. Yeah, I don't think anyone would because... Fuck no. I don't think anyone would go in. (laughs) But it's not because like you can't come out. It's because you can't bring in the... You can't bring... You have your whole community that you live in, like all your friends, your family, stuff like that. They're not going to want to go with you. So you'd just be going in alone. Yeah, for good reason. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think that space would be like in there? Well, that's the question. Do you think it would be this harmonious community of where everybody's able to, to pursue what they want, how they want without restrictions of laws and everybody's so freed from the confines of the state. Or do you think people will just be killing and fucking each other? I think you'd have like a mix. Like I think you'd have, I think you'd have like some, some V for Vendetta type people who are like trying to better themselves and, and live without state authority. And then, yeah, you probably have some, some like uh bandit types, you know, just out there looking for hedonistic thrills and kills. Yeah. And the second you get enough of those people roaming around, then the whole thing's fucked, right? Because no one's gonna, the state is not as bad as hiding from like the Reavers. Mm. Yeah, it depends on your state. Depends how much your state respects your autonomy. Yeah, but like, as soon as people find out or they hear the words no laws, you're going to draw a lot more of a type of person that is there for the getting away with whatever they want aspect more than the finding their autonomy aspect. Well, yeah. Well, okay. That's just because people have been conditioned into believing that they cannot be their own masters because that's how the state maintains its grip, not just on your body, but on your mind. Okay, I don't think a lot of people are even going to think that. They're going to hear the words no laws and think, oh, I can just do what I want. I can steal, I can rape, I can pillage, I can eat. If I'm stronger than people, I can take what's theirs. That's the type of person you're going to get. Yeah, Mentally, they're still a child. Their parents are gone. Time to raid the fridge. Yeah, But that's the state's fault, right? Human beings have potential, Jordan, to be more than that. Yeah, we have potential. How often does someone realize their potential? Almost fucking never. But that's not their fault. That's 
society's fault. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to defend anarchy. Well, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. It's just what. It's just what's going to happen. <laughs> I have very little faith that I think. Okay, here's here's a little caveat to that plan. How would the state sets aside this national park? There's no laws. You can do whatever you want. You have to go in there. You can't come out. But I think that in order to enter there, you need to pass one last requirement from the state to prove you're not an absolute psychopath before they let you in there. Then maybe, maybe you could have this pure anarchical environment. Anarchical. Is that weird? Is that real? Did I just make that Anar- up? Anarchist? Anarchist? You can just say anarchist, I think. Okay. Well, anarchic. I just think that that is going to attract a bunch of bad, bad personality types. So you'd have to have a way to filter those, those people out. And maybe, Maybe then you can start looking at these enlightened, autonomous individuals. Yeah, and this anarchy—it's possible. I sometimes I think that like the those bad people, right? Those like the bandit types, like they're only they like need the state in a way. Criminality. What do you mean? Like, what is a, a criminal? What is what is a criminal like? What what are you doing? When you're a criminal, right? You're stealing from a shop or something. Like you're like a free rider. Yeah. And you can sort of get away with being a free rider unless you get caught by the by the police. But if you're just in like um like the Wild West, right? Like some town in the Wild West, they don't tolerate that sort of thing. Yeah. So you think the community will just police itself? Yeah. If every everybody should have a gun, right? <laughs> <laughs> At least a handful of switchblades. <laughs> no, I yeah, no. I, I agree with you that like if the state disappeared today, it would probably be pretty shitty. There'd be like looting and there'd be all that shit. There would be a portion of the population that did that. I think it would be young males from the age of 15 to 30. Yeah. 35. And those would be your, essentially your problem people. Yeah. Would be young men that have nothing going on in their life that they want to sustain. <laughs> like... Anyone that I've ever known that is like an anarchist, quote unquote, probably not in the way that you're thinking of them, but they all are people that don't have anything good going on in their lives. That's why they want to see society like be drastically altered. Because if you have stuff going on in your life that you like, that you want to keep in your life, and you want that uh, to maintain course, you don't want a dramatic shift in how society operates. No, 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 no. But. I get, like philosophically, and this is like an, what why anarchy is like an interesting thing to talk about because even though it wouldn't make sense to just flick a switch and go go anarchist overnight, it does help you think about things. And mainly, it helps you think about this idea that if human beings could come to a, a, a place where the goal of society wasn't for everyone to make as much money as possible, but instead was to become the most autonomous, rational beings that you could be. If the goal of society shifted in that way, anarchy would be the natural result. So I think eventually the human race will become anarchy. Yeah, well, you'd have to teach, you'd have to teach a lot of people what autonomous meant, first of all. Yeah, it'll take a while to get there. But I think, I think eventually states, governments, and stuff like this, like, we won't need it anymore. And maybe we have to kill a bunch of dumb people. But I think that if you could, if I could view the, like, if... Like I said before, barring like a complete collapse of society and us wiping ourselves off the planet, if I imagine what humanity's like in 150, 200 years from now, 
there will be either an all-encompassing, like, iron-fisted ruling from a central government, or it will be much more like you're talking about. Everybody's kind of on the same page, and they don't really need a state government anymore. Yeah. I think it would take some sort of huge disaster that kills, like, millions of people. I think it'll, it'll take, like, a huge disaster that we cause like ourselves. COVID? Yeah, maybe <laughs> something like COVID, global warming. Something that we do to ourselves through our own greed that makes us realize, like, oh, shit, like, we really need to rethink the way we do things. Except for anything, anytime something like that happens, it's just one group of people blames the other group of people, and they don't ever, like, it never ends up being a unifying thing. I don't think anything has happened. I don't think anything that I'm, I don't think what I'm thinking about has happened before. You're talking something way more dramatic. Like, yeah. Entire cities being, like, pulled into the ocean. Um, yeah, like, like the worst case scenario that they talk about with global warming, like, just a total breakdown. Yeah. Total breakdown in the global economy. But I think by the time that would happen, it would be too late to fix it. Well, that's the point. The point is that the, what we've built, the capitalist world that we've built, it will break. And when it breaks, it will break in such a way that it can't be fixed. And the only solution will be the anarchist approach of instead of focusing on materiality and stuff like that and state authority, the focus is on personal development and freedom. Well, you heard it here, folks. Sam Laboon believes we need an absolute worst case scenario atrocity to befall the planet before we can all get it along. I wish it could be simple. And I am, I know, and I don't disagree with you at all. Well, we don't have any emails this week, but next, uh, if any of you guys listening want to send in an email, a question, concern, comment, an insult, a roast joke, maybe a picture of your cat, maybe a recipe you made, you can send it to tpspodcast420 at gmail.com. Again, TPS420, wait, no, what was it? TPSpodcast420 at gmail.com. Is it TPS Pod420 or TPS Podcast420? TPS Podcast420. Okay, good. All right, just checking. At gmail.com. All right. Okay. Everybody got that? Fucking write it down in your notebooks. Um, Yeah, that's it. That's it for the week. You guys have a good week. Anarchy.